Let me tell you about my relationship with milk, if I may. <laughs> oh my God. I love milk. I'm right there. Not almond, not cashew. Mm-mm. Have you drank cashew milk? It's uh, too much like cashew. Ugh, it tastes gross. too much like cashew. But but so when I was and it irks Natalie out. Like if I'm like looking f- to be to quench my thirst, I'll reach for a tall glass of like dairy cow milk. Oh, absolutely. So when I was a kid and I used to mow the lawn and I used to get like so sweaty and just like smell like grass and like gasoline, I would go inside and pour myself just a tall glass of milk and chug it like it was water. It needs to be really cold. It needs to be really cold. Really cold. Yeah. Uh, we you can ask you can ask producer Drew about this, but there's a literal phenomenon that I've created and established and is has been proven called the mom. Okay. Um it is that moment when you've finished eating something, uh when is the exact appropriate time to chug milk. <laughs> It's pretty much the only reason I like eat pizza or hamburgers or cookies or anything is yeah. for the mom. For the m- for milk. the mom. The moment, the of, moment milk? of milk. Nice. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Inferior Men, the podcast that brings you all things business from two complete failures. That's me. That's me, too. One of which is me. <laughs> How's it going, Steve? It's going well, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a little bit of time since we've recorded the last episode. We took actually, a little break. So. I I blame you. Why? Um, I don't know. I just feel like you've been distant lately. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been kind of busy. Been, oh, he admits it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, I have been busy. You know, some of us have. Some of us are trying to rear ch- children. Rear Tra- them? Yeah. I think you mean a different word. <laughs> what? And I'm just sitting on my dick. I do things. Uh, I was I was away. Oh yeah. I was in the wonderful land of Detroit. <laughs> what were you doing out there? It was for uh, work. Okay. Uh, for my other my side gig, the gig that brings me money. The gig, your, yeah, your side hustle. You mean the one <laughs> my, that brings a hundred percent of your income? <laughs> my side hustle. The, I used to always love that whenever um, when I first moved to Chicago. Uh, being in the art world, you would always run in, like you would go to these parties in Wicker Park and you'd be like, so what do you do? And people would be like, well, I work at a coffee shop and I clean windows and I'm an artist. And right. it would always be like, and I'm an artist. Yeah. And I'm like, great, okay, well, let's see your artwork. And mm-hmm. it would it would never even exist. Well, I, I, t- I think I said this before. The I had a friend in high school who who uh, wanted to be a WWE wrestler, mm-hmm. but he became a cop and his backup was going to be a WWE oh, yeah. wrestler. Yeah, yeah. We, we spoke about this. We spoke yeah. about this in the podcast. Yeah. Um, but so I was away for a few days in Detroit. And when I got back to my car, guess who was there? Your friend. That who fucking <laughs> spider that lives on the side of my car. Sorry. Yeah. Tom Holland. I talked about this Tom last, Holland. I think last episode. You may have. So I, how about a Tom Holland update as yeah. I fix my microphone here? So I'm sorry. A, a quick recap. Mm-hmm. 
a spider started living on the side of my car. I thought it was going to get blown away by storms and highway, and it has stayed on there. And he got bigger when I got back from Detroit. Three days of not having to drive around on my car. Well, you should tell our listeners a little bit more about the type of spider. Yeah. Because I found it fascinating so when you telling me earlier. I researched it. And you didn't believe me, but you saw it while we were driving oh, over it's, here. it's amazing. And he has quite an elaborate web that he's yeah. woven. Or it's, and he builds woven, that. Woven. Chris, he builds that every fucking day. Like, I have a few role models in my life. One of them is this spider because he doesn't give up. I'm driving like 75 miles on the highway. And so, okay, so this is the type of spider after doing more research at work when I should have been working. I was researching spiders on the side of my car. It's your your side hustle. It's it's my side hustle. Uh, It's a flying spider. Mm -hmm. Now, those are common in Chicago. Now, what the flying spider does is that it poops out just a little bit of thread a little bit of silky thread and it lets the wind take it away to the next location and so you'll see a lot of these types of spiders like 80 stories up on these buildings because they just let the wind and the wind is just like here you go here's where you live and that's how me and tom holland came to be it's fascinating and the spider's badass the fact that he's just he has like a permanent residence right now i mean until it probably gets cold and it'll kill them off i'll but i'll post a photo on our, our twitter at inferior men just yeah. a little plug but the thing's no joke and i sent you videos i'll send chris videos on my way to work of this spider who is trying for his life to fix the web going 75 miles an hour which is fascinating but also terrifying because steve's videotaping out the side of his window while he's driving true 75 miles but here's an hour. the thing if a tiny fucking spider <laughs> going 75 miles an hour can just fix its web then steve can should be able to videotape that spider without getting into a car crash i love it i love the tom holland updates that we get from you every single week uh so so much has happened we've been away for uh almost two weeks right now uh, since we've recorded our last episode uh, but we kind of wanted to start things off. We uh, were kicking around some ideas for our business review yeah. this week. And uh, I guess maybe, Steve, you can kind of let people know how we kind of got to what we're going to talk about today. Well, <clears throat> as I was pumping gas, taking a look at Tom Holland's new development of Spiderweb, uh, you know those gas station uh, ads that they have? Oh, you mean on the televisions? Yeah, on at the, the television. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are expensive, by the way. Uh, like I don't know, and and I don't know what media plan that fits of gas station ads, but I guess it I guess it's a good. Anyways, uh, the Bristol Renaissance Fair came on the little feed. Okay, uh, how much do you know about Renaissance fairs? Uh, I think the only thing I really know is that people eat a lot of turkey legs at them. A lot of. That's turkey about legs. the only thing I really know about them. Maybe there's some jousting. Now the reason I wanted to talk about it was twofold. Mm-hmm. One was we had talked about festivals in the past, specifically Chicago festivals. Yeah, the street fest. Yep. So I wanted to circle back, but I wanted to do it with with friends of ours. Okay. Um, so we brought on to our show <laughs> for today our friends Charlotte and Pat. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. And and you know you know Pat as Oh, he's engineer Pat. He's engineer Pat, yeah. right? You all know. So when we say Pat. Pat, it's engineer Pat. And Charla, also uh, a universe head podcast star at yeah. the Not Safe for Work podcast. Not too. Safe for Work with uh producer Drew. With producer Drew. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother. With story. our producer Drew. Yeah. <laughs> How are you guys? Yeah, Great. real good. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh yes. In mm-hmm. terms of Renaissance fairs, now you guys go every year. Uh, yeah. Except for last year, because we. If couldn't... we're in the country, we go to the Renaissance fair. Yeah, because oh, you're we'll be in there. Japan. Hashtag bragging. Hashtag. Japan. Is there a Japan Renaissance fair? No, oh, but there just... should be. We talked about how they should have like their own like old Japanese style like open walking. Yeah, I think it's also just called their culture. <laughs> they just just we would go to this town, uh, and it literally was just a preserved town from the eighteen hundreds, and mm. just walk down, and everything's the same, and everyone has weird clothes on and lacquered breastplates and. I mean, it was a festival. It's not normal dress wear. But, I mean, it was for real, like, this up late. I mean, none of the Renaissance Fair stuff is actually Renaissance time. But yeah. it's just anything old or a pirate or steampunk or fantasy. Yeah. So it's not, it's not Renaissance Fairs anymore. But the reason, they, I, in my eyes, they've been growing. Like I, like, I would hear of a Renaissance Fair every summer. But now there's, like... 12 well, every summer? thank you, Game of Thrones. I think so. That's Absolutely. what I'm saying. And, what and did, what's the, I guess, what is the draw for you guys in terms of what drew you to Renaissance fairs in the first place? What are some of the, maybe the new things that have been happening recently Ooh. that are bringing you back, too? In college, actually, I, I worked and helped. I was the event co- assistant event coordinator for the largest Renaissance fair in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Called? Uh, called the Newman University Renaissance Fair. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it's uh, it's it was tiny, but it just the whole idea. All these people coming together, acting, acting, period, mm-hmm. yeah, peri- just and period, periodly acting, period, mm-hmm. um, and selling things and just the whole, just the barter and not normal and horses and that kind of stuff. It's was playing fun. pretend. It's dressing up and seeing what other people dress up and like mm-hmm. buying things that you don't see at like Walmart. It's like oils. And dragon necklaces and potions, quote unquote, and wands and like... We are in that culture because I get it because I go to, you know, C2E2 and comic book conventions. Yeah. And you see steampunk there as well. It's just another reason to nerd out. Oh, the weekend we went was steampunk weekend. But literally the entire day, you could start in the morning at like the mud show and see show back to back all day, seeing different shows the entire time. Drinking the whole time and eating... Tur- turkey food. legs, yeah, whatever, and you can get. You want cheese stick on a cheese steak on it? Uh, cheese, what is that? Curds. Yeah, and cake. Of. Cheese curds on a stick. Uh, but no, it's it's fun. Have you guys never been to a Renaissance fair? I have. I've never been to one. Oh, what? Goodness. Why? No reason. It's not as if I. It's not. I'm not protesting them or anything. I just have not actually gone to one. Have you been to a uh, what's it called? Where were they? Joust? Bordello. Oh. Medieval oh, times. like medieval times? No, I haven't. Have you been to a Six Flags? Uh, <laughs> yes, I, <laughs> okay. I've been to an amusement park, yeah. Got Oceans it. of Fun? Yeah. Have you been to a Wizarding World? Uh, I've never been to Wizard World. What's wrong? What? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, the thing is, I don't care enough to go to those things. Why? To, How about a museum? Have you <laughs> <been to> a <laughs> museum? <laughs> why don't I care? Why, why don't you go to an expo on... Medical devices. I don't care. There I you loved, go. I love that last <laughs> medical device expo we went to. Steve, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the syringes. Um, now, I'm looking at some elaborate. Obviously, I can't. No, no. They are super elaborate. They get very elaborate. This guy's in a centaur costume. Oh, and not even the costumes. The best part about like ones as big as the Bristol one is that it is absolutely for real a town. Uh, 
the buildings that they set up are permanent structures. If you want to have a shop in it, you have to wait for one to come on the market and then buy it like a house. And then you can you live above it during the summer, and it's a for real, like you have to get a mortgage if you can't afford it, and you own it as a piece of property in the Renaissance Fair that you run every year. It's, it's almost like a liquor license. They only have like so many of them available in the city or in a neighborhood, and yeah. so people can turn around and sell. It's like big bucks, too. Yeah, who gets that money? Well, I mean, it literally is private property. It, it's not like like fair property, and you rent it. You buy a house in their development and sell that stuff. So the Renaissance Fair, I I don't know like who actually makes money yeah. from the Renaissance Fair, I have no idea. There's got to be They a get lot. all the money from the food, probably. The Society for Creative Anachronism. I know, but who's the boss? Like who's knows? the boss boss? Yeah. Oh, he's no. 3 feet tall and he wears bells on his shoes. <laughs> An elf. And he's played by Peter Dinklage. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So the first technical Renaissance fair uh, was post-World War II America, a resurgence of interest in medieval and Renaissance culture, apparently there was. And so in 1950s, there was a very strong early music revival, and people would just come together and play music, and then it adapted to what we know now. It's in, I was talking to my... I was recently in Maine. I was talking to my uh, father-in-law... And he was saying that they're now starting to do World War One reenactments, where it used to be colonial, yeah, Civil, it used to War, be Civil War, now it's World War One. And I said, you know, it would be really great if they just did reenactments of our wars right now. That would be <laughs> so much more powerful and make wow. people rethink yeah. war wow. warfare and yeah. what we're getting ourselves into instead of reminiscing and romanticizing wars from yeah. 125 years ago. You should, have, you should have saved that for your next great idea. <laughs> and here you can see the group of soldiers sitting in the permanent structure behind their computers, yeah. locating insurgents yeah. and eliminating them. Yeah. And so in 100 years, we'll just have... We'll have reenactments of, of guys driving Hummers mm-hmm. through a field and then just, like... You pushing know. pushing Bin Laden out of a boat. Yeah, but you yeah. know they'll yeah. they'll also be the movies around it. They'll they'll be some pirates of the and jihadi or something. <laughs> Just like, they'll 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 be some, like Osama Bin Laden will now be this cool guy played the by new Jack Sparrow. The Jack Sparrow. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, what's the craziest thing you've seen at a Renaissance fair? Oh God! Just. I mean, the Avengers were at the last one. Yeah. Like Um, steampunk Avengers? The best... Oh, so it's just Comic-Cons taking it over now, too. Hmm. The best thing to to stay for, if you ever go to the Bristol Renaissance Fair, you you stay until the very end, and you sit and you people watch the drum circle. It's at the end of the night when you're supposed to be leaving and heading towards the parking lot. They gather a group of men, and they start drumming, and then whoever wants to can come and dance. And it's the... Best whoever I mean, people are like eyes closed, limbs out, not care like fully in their costume in their world, and just dancing in a drum circle. It's amazing. Damn. So you think it's not going anywhere? Since this is our official business review that you guys have joined us for, it's not going anywhere. How are we rating the business? It's a wonderful business. Yeah. Just because while I was there, I spent three hundred dollars on clothing. Oh my god! Uh, I I had always wanted uh, the full on outfit, 
And uh, they had it. So your little gas station sign, whatever it costs, got at least one person to drive to Wisconsin to spend $300. Okay, so in nerd, talking about nerd culture events in general, let's just, to wrap up the segment, go around the table and just give one sentence point of views, starting with Engineer Pat and ending on Chris. About the Renaissance Fair? Yeah, about anything nerd culture-wise. Uh, the Renaissance Fair is a wonderful way <laughs> to experience Wisconsin. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, the Renaissance the Fair will always be there for people to feel nostalgic about something they don't know a lot about. Yeah, the Renaissance Fair provides you an escape from reality that you get to pay money from, and everybody will always want to do that. <laughs> and finally, Chris. <laughs> the Renaissance Fair has turkey legs. <laughs> so thanks, guys, for joining us. I Thank do you. appreciate it. <clears throat> Engineer Pat and yeah. Charlotte Beaver. And Charlotte Beaver from, from Not Safe From Work. Not Safe From Work. Uh, well, cool. Uh, let's jump into a few questions. We've had some people writing to us while we were off. I'm sure they were wondering where we've been. It's worried sick. <laughs> They've been worried sick about us. Uh, let's check this out. From Rayanne D'Ambrosio uh. from Weehawken, New Jersey. She says, I'm assuming it's a she. Uh, I'm opening a hair salon, and I really want to have a punny name for it. But my friends are discouraging me, saying punny salon names are passe. But aren't they just a classic? I'm kind of leaning toward mullet over. <laughs> Catchy, right? <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Oh, Rayanne, whatever we tell you today please don't ever change yeah whatever we say we were actually i was actually talking about business names uh with natalie over the weekend because they have she has family members who are like thinking about opening a, a bakery and their sisters yeah so they wanted to they had one name in mind and we were trying to brainstorm which is fun to do mm-hmm. i was i didn't go the punny route though like i was thinking like sugar sisters or sweet sisters but in terms of punny names it's mm-hmm. hit or miss it's hard it's Sometimes tough. it's too cheesy that you're like, all right, I'm never going to fucking step foot in that shitty-ass lemon and st- lemonade stand that says... In my, in my hometown, right there, was a, there was a pizza place that was next to the elementary school that I went to as a child. Mm-hmm. And there's a pizza shop called uh, Best Pizza. Or no, I'm sorry. It was called Good Pizza. Mm-hmm. It was just called Good Pizza. And... My dream was to open up a pizza shop next to it called Better Pizza. Nice. I just, I just wanted to do it so bad. I would be willing to throw every, like my entire financial future away just to have that. It's not too a, late. A picture. Does it still exist? I, no, of course not. I, there's no way that place exists. And then I would open up a pizza store right next to it called the best pizza because that fucking what are you gonna what are you what are you gonna do better than the best i'll double down and what are you, how are you gonna double down <laughs> name the fourth pizza restaurant chris name All, the fourth ultimate one. pizza is better than the best pizza yeah i'm saying it's the best pizza the it's ultimate pizza. life-changing pizza <laughs> orgasmic <laughs> orgasmic juicy pizza. orgasm pizza <laughs> 
<laughs> and then <laughs> there's just one that's like better than that pizza. And there's a big arrow yeah. on the sign that's just pointing at all the rest of the pizza joints in this shitty little strip mall that's mm. all pizza places that have no customers. And then to really, really cap that outlet of pizza <laughs> stores, the final pizza restaurant is, it's pretty good pizza. Pretty good. <laughs> Um, Hit or miss pizza. Mullet, mullet. <laughs> o- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meh pizza. <laughs> mullet over is pretty good. I think it's actually really smart. I love it. Uh, if that's what you're going for, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. And and secondly, you have the perfect name for yeah. a shopkeeper for mullet over hair salon. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it too. Uh, if you're starting though, you're you're. <laughs> business with like what punny name to make it you're that's a red flag we also haven't discussed if you know how to cut hair (laughs) (laughs) what are your qualifications for opening up this shop do you have any sort of financial backing for this thing but by the way great name killing how much money are you putting into the url (laughs) for mulletover.com versus how much money you're putting into scissors (laughs) and combs and employees (laughs) I think you got. How about how about this? Mull it over, your fucking expenses for your company. Uh, I love it. Well, thank you uh, so much, Ray. Great name. We Great do name. appreciate it. Good and luck. I, yeah, I, good luck. I, but I think I think it's a killer. I think it's a killer idea, and I think it's uh, or at least a killer name. I don't know if um, hair salon's a killer idea, but. Mm. Uh, great job. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's check out some of the headlines. We've been yeah. away for a few weeks. So much news has come and gone. My you know what this show God. has made me realize? What's that? How much news comes and goes. So fast. So fast. Yeah, we look at stuff and it's like, nah, that's like 10 we, days a week. Yeah, we had so that. many topics that we were going to talk about and we deleted so many of them. Because Amaz- you know our man Musk is moving fast. Amazon's moving fast. Right. Everybody just moves so fast. You know, you know what I got done done this weekend? What? A level of a video game. And I submitted a form for a passport renewal. And then it ended up being the wrong form. So I got to do it again. That's what I accomplished this weekend. Yeah, but these guys aren't, these guys aren't building Tesla overnight either. Aw. Like Elon- so you'll say I'll have a passport someday? Elon, Elon's got to get his laundry done at some point. No, he has somebody else do it. But he still has to coordinate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's still like, he's still going to gripe about the fact that he has like he's not happy with the person who's doing his laundry and he needs to find a new person. Could you imagine like you know when you wake up you know feeling a little anxious of what your day is like you got to go to work and you mm-hmm. got this meeting, you got to do something hard. When it gets down to like being a millionaire, billionaire and waking up and be like, I got to call Todd and ask him to do all my things for me today. Yeah. I want to get to that point. I guess, but it's just as much of a pain in the ass, right? It's no different. And when you whittle things down like that, there's these intimate choices that we need to make every day. Like you just assume that these people are having all their decisions made for them. However, you know, we all have that favorite toilet paper that we like to use. Oh, yeah. And he needs to specify Soft. that. And then he seems like a dick, and he probably feels like it, too, having to be like, make sure you get Angel Soft. Do not. Do not get Charmin. I don't know. There's some, Angel Soft only. <clears throat> there's That's some it. bastards out there who would not feel bad barking that command. That's true. Yeah. So whose life is better? Mine, Elon Musk's, or Tom Holland, the spider that lives on the side of my car? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think definitely Tom Holland. Yeah, I think so I mean, too. he's killing it. He's got nothing to worry about. No, except the web. No predators. Yeah. He's got you who will Loves not. Him. Yeah, you, you're in love with him. My own little spider. Yeah, because from spider what you've zoo. told me, he could simply shit a web out of his ass mm-hmm. and fly, fly away to the top of the God. Sears Tower and live there forever. It, but instead, he's chosen your side mm-hmm. view mirror yeah. on your car. And it really makes me question my own reality mm-hmm. you know like he has he doesn't he doesn't know that he's driving super fast on the highway <laughs> but and he you know his life is so easy it really makes me question my own reality i don't think we should think about it too much let's look a little bit more though at uh, a really cool article that i came across because i think this is something that really dovetails nicely into um some of the topics that we were talking about previously and i think it's something that you would have a lot of insight on too So the Android co-founder has a plan to cure our smartphone addiction. This is from Fortune.com. I pulled this article from there. So during a recent outing uh, to a fancy restaurant, Andy Rubin spotted an all-too-familiar tableau. A couple on what seemed to be a first date taking pictures of their food and then losing themselves in their smartphones for the next 10 minutes. Ruben is partly responsible for this antisocial behavior. He helped create Android, which powers 85% of the world's smartphones. He says, if I can't get to the point where your phone is a virtual version of you, you can be off enjoying your life, having that dinner without touching your phone, and you can trust your phone to do things on your behalf. I think I can solve part of the addictive behavior. So uh, to put this in a little bit of context, I'm not going to go too far into the article because it's pretty long, but he's basically developing a new smartphone as well. So before long, Ruben says, phones and other gadgets will be able to predict what the user needs, sorting through notifications by ignoring some and highlighting others depending on the time of day or where the person is. If somebody texts you, do you want to get sushi tonight? It's going to come up with six responses and you're going to pick the best response. And over time, you're reinforcing it by giving it the right response. And then it becomes aware of your taste and your preferences. And probably the nth time, it's going, it's not going to even ask you anymore. It's just mm-hmm. going to make that decision for you. So what does that mean in a nutshell? So basically what he's saying is <clears throat> where we're constantly jumping on I'm sorry, I keep doing this. We keep jumping on our phones to, you know, check in with people, to answer quick mundane questions. We're going to be able to train our phones to understand what our preferences are, to react to minute or mundane situations for us. Mm. That's dangerous. I think so. Don't you? I think it's super dangerous. You're getting, you're giving, you're saying, okay, in an effort to keep me from looking at my phone, I'm going to give my phone my power of choice. Yeah. And I don't equate the two either. I don't equate me uh, passively glancing at my phone. I think it's a different addiction too. Because I honestly think the majority of time that people are looking at their phone, they're not actually doing a productive thing like saying, hey, I want to join you for sushi. They're just scrolling through an Instagram feed passively, just kind of like passing time. But I I don't think they're actually being productive in a in a real sense. So here's my question though, right off the bat is like take Christmas for example. And I think this is where like the amazon.com algorithm always gets fucked up because when I'm shopping for other people that then builds into like you, you bought this previously, like you 
you might be interested in this. You know, like if I buy Mama Hund, you know, a, a bag full of rose petals for Christmas <laughs> to plant roses in the garden, then my Amazon, you know, feed is just going to be like plagued with, with recommendations for roses or pillows or whatever the fuck. I feel like that, you know, like when you go down rabbit holes, when it's not your preference, but you're just Googling something for the shit of it, like how does it calculate that shit? Right. And I also think it just completely eliminates the idea of spontaneity beyond the idea of choice, understanding what somebody's preferences are, but also understanding that some every now and then you just want to mix something up. I mean, we're human beings and the fact that we can stop yeah, on a dime that's, and say, that's exactly what? what I'm trying to say. You know what? Like when you're a teenager and you just all of a sudden say, you know what? I'm going to start wearing fucking black. I'm going to dye my hair. I'm yeah. going to shave my head. I'm going to start wearing jewelry. Your fucking phone is never going to be able to anticipate that. Mm-hmm. And people make drastic choices in their life in response to real life issues. Mm-hmm. People do things when people die or when there's major tra- traumatic things that happen to them. Your phone can't anticipate that and decide like how you're going to react to certain situations like that. So, yeah, that's great and all that you can make a phone do that. But who really like do we need to go down that road? No, well, we do because we're <clears throat> idiots like that. But we don't like no, we don't need to. But we it's it's like I always say humans love to poke the bear. Like we're just <laughs> we're just making AI smart again. And it's just going to be us like it's just going to be a tech of the pod people with AI robots who are going to know our preferences and who we are and just kill us. And the funny, I've been thinking about this the other day. Um, I kind of went back to when I I was thinking a little bit about, I believe it was like your next great idea when you kind of wanted screens everywhere. Uh, You wanted the ability to... Now, that's TV screens, not like screen doors. (laughs) Yes, not screen doors. But you you wanted like content basically everywhere, Uh wherever you looked. And I think that's probably going to happen anyway but i think where the real money excuse me is going to be made in the future is in silence is not in having content constantly thrown in your face think about real estate think about think about population growth there's people everywhere what's going to be at a premium is space and solitude and that's going to be even on our phones. That's going to be – that's kind of what this guy is poking at is right. saying, I'm going to get you to a point where you can disconnect from your phone because you can feel comfortable that your phone's going to take care of the world around you without you being no. there. But that is something such a dangerous – wrong about that. That is not – yeah. And it scares me even more that he didn't even question that himself, you know, like – you know, when he was talking, he's not even like, yeah, no, I thought about. Dude, it goes back to Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's like you're asking yourself the question, if I can do it, you never asked your question, yourself the question, if I should. God, Jeff Goodall, and- <laughs> so smart. What a smart motherfucker. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, that's where this goes back to. And, and Jeff Goldblum, not Jeff Was Goodall. it Jeff Goldblum or was that uh, Sam Neill that said that? Oh, yeah. No, I think it was Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I think I think it might have been. Yeah, we yeah. Have, we'll have to look it up. Uh, but but yeah, I, it, it goes back to that. You get these guys who are, um, you know, certainly egocentric in the way that they can transform. You can take a guy that's that's created the Android. He he is in the pocket of eighty five percent of the world right now. Basically, what his invention has done. So there's I, there's a level of ego there saying, "Hey, 
I realized I created the problem, but I'm going to fix it. Um, but I don't know. Like we've seen inventors who are, uh, who, who's the person who, uh, invented, uh, Oh no, Nobel. He invented, uh, dynamite. Right. And it was like his, his biggest regret of his life is his invention. Whereas we have these people who create equally as disrupt disruptive things. And instead of them being, uh, you know, remorseful of that invention, they say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to double fucking down on this again. I'd say throughout the course of this whole show, not this episode, this whole show, I think we're on to a we're we got a good thesis going on. Yeah. And I think we should get to the fucking bottom of it. Because we're like we don't even even the smartest of us they don't learn, you know? No. And we we make movies, we make fiction and we make non-fiction stories about all of this shit and we still do it. We're still doing it. We do it and we it. go we chase we chase these fantasy dreams, these renaissance fairs of dreams. Yeah, very good. And we, very good. Way to tie it back. <laughs> and we, but, but. And, and we were talking about how the rate in which we are evolving or, yeah. you know, um, uh, advancing in technology mm-hmm. is just skyrocketing compared to where, it, like, from 1750 to now has been a, a steady incline, but now it's going to shoot up. And by, like, 2050, we're not even going to recognize the technology that we had now. And it's like, it's, we're going to kill ourselves. It's, you know? Yes. And uh, it was uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> Dr. Ian Malcolm said Jeff Goldblum, who said, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. I love it. It's so powerful. I love it. I actually want to just take a commercial break right now. I think we have. Let's go think about. Let's, let's go think, think we about what we just a, talk about. I think we should take a pause really quick yeah. here. And uh, think about a little bit. And so think about our mortality. Yeah. And uh, here are a few thoughts from some people who are doing much better than us. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey, Chris. Yeah. What's up, Steve? I, had a, I just got done listening to my headphones and I was listening to Not Safe for Work podcast with Charlene Drew. Have you heard? Yeah. The part with the gibbons. <laughs> the gibbons. Yeah. And then they, the, the part with the ghosts. I can't, Chris, I can't, I don't know, if, I don't know how much I can take of that show. It's too much for my gentle, fragile ears. It's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. Are you going to listen to it again? Yeah, me too. Of course I am. Universehead.com. Not safe for work podcast. Charlotte and Drew. Stitcher. Google Play. Wherever podcasts are available. It's horrible and I can't get enough of it. Hold me. Hold me. I just, I think it's important to note, just coming from off that break, yeah, that we're not anti-technology. No, but you should always be skeptical. Always be skeptical. You always have to be. I, I don't think that we're getting into any sort of like conspiracy. Yeah, no, we're not trying for that. here. But I think it's always good to question mm-hmm. your Roomba. Your Roomba. It's good to question, <laughs> that motherfucker. It's good to question. What's it doing? Like authority figures, it's good mm-hmm. to question your parents, your teachers, animals, animals. It's good to question the government, and it's good to question 
your vacuum cleaner. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to Inferior Men with Chris and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Chris. Yep. Uh, let's. There was a article that I wanted to jump into, but we kind of need to take a breather because that was getting really intense. Yeah, man. I love when it gets but intense. I loved it. It was great. I got all excited mm. about it. Uh, there was a fun article that I came across on CNBC where there's a new, I don't know if it's called, a, I don't know if you would consider it a product, but <clears throat> it's called Granny Pods. Mm-hmm. And so they're becoming a solution for retirees with limited budgets. Uh, this is a micro living trend that has found a receptive audience in seniors who need affordable living options. And so granny pods are 400 square foot houses with all the trimmings of a real house, but can fit in a backyard. And one woman said, I can't foresee living here until I'm dead, <laughs> which is a strange quote. Yeah. But <laughs> So wait, do old people, your, so your grandma and grandpa live yeah, in Yeah, these- so here's the idea is basically, you know, uh, grandma, grandpa get too old. They can't maintain their house. So they either put a little house, like mm-hmm. a micro house, mini house in the backyard and the kids move into their house mm-hmm. or they put a little house in the kid's backyard. Mm-hmm. And then that way, mom and dad are closer to home. They have their own independent living. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's way less expensive than putting them in a nursing home. But are they cutting corners like... Less insulation, no like thinner windows. No, 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 no. This isn't about like th- what's just you're saving money because the because the person isn't in a nursing home, so yeah, they're but, close enough to the family, so the family can just walk, you know, fifteen feet across mm-hmm. their backyard to mm-hmm. grandma's house. Yeah, but why not just put them in a garage? <laughs> like what are we? That's where cars go. Are they talking about like <laughs> sheds for grandparents? Because that's where Gary's. Audi goes and my and his mother will live in a trailer in the backyard. I just don't get I don't get what the difference between you're you're just you're just calling it granny pods when it's just a shed for your old people. Yeah, and they would you would have to get so sick of it. This is for boomers who are used to like having excessive amounts of spaces excessive amounts of space in their home and now you're like Hey, we want you to live in a 400 square foot home that self-righteous hipsters live mm-hmm. in now being like, "See how much better we are than you." And these people are like, "I I think just it's <laughs> it's just an excuse to cut corners so you don't have to like really take care of these old people." But if you put them in a nursing home, they would be living in a single room. Mm, I see. Amongst But like, sometimes they need like caregivers. Sometimes they do. But having grandparents that have gone through nursing, that have lived in nursing homes, I think that um, it's really like a last option. My grandmother, my dad's mom, he resisted. He he tried as best he could to keep her, keep from putting her into a nursing home for as long as he could. So he would go to her house and check in on her daily just so that he didn't have to put her in there because he knew the second you put somebody into a nursing home, their quality of life declined so fast. Because imagine living around people who are just dying and having dementia. Like, that's going to make you go crazy. That's going to make you yeah, decline. <laughs> that's going to make your health decline. Now, when the old person dies, yeah, do you turn that into a B&B? Or do the granny pods somehow... 
turn well, into... Well, luckily, it's sitting above a hole that they just lower Good. the pod. <laughs> so they've thought it through. They've thought it all through. <laughs> no, I mean, I. but I, I, all joking aside, I think it is just to have people have a space. But I do think it's weird, too, that it's like we... We want our like our parents to live in a house and be independent, but they're in like a trailer in our backyard. Yeah. They're not allowed to like live with us. Yeah, like, something's why? weird. Something's why? Weird. You know someone wanted their like this was this was the result of a daughter or a son just being so sick of their parents but being too passive aggressive to like really talk to them directly. Yeah. And it has and we're <laughs> like, Hey, that shed in the backyard could be converted into a Bigger little shed for my parents. It has all the 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 trimmings of of a self righteous mini home too. There's like a compostable toilet, and you're like, I the the like the old people are just like, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand. It's cold in my pod. But it's really cold, and it's like, can I come stay in the big house? But the electricity ran out, and they're like, well, we're sorry, it was a cloudy day. <laughs> They just, it's, it's on a generator. It's on a the generator. There's solar panels on the roof. What are you supposed to do? There was an eclipse today. It just there's seems just, like it's going to cause a lot of problems <laughs> with your family. Uh, I'd love to hang out with one in one now, you know, being like a young. I'd love dude. to check one out. Yeah. Do I want to live in one when I'm 70 for 10 years? Absolutely not. Mm. And if I was that old and my my son or daughter told me that they were going to put me in one of those, mm-hmm. I would, I would just, I'd either want to kill myself mm-hmm. and I would threaten to do that. Or yeah. I'd be like, look, like I brought you into this world. I'll just walk away from it all. And just walk down the just highway. Walk away until you just kind of like the old incredible Hulk yep. show where you're just trying, trying to hitch a ride. Oh, we are as dust in, in the, the wind. wind. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's take it over. Let's do another advice question. Yeah, jump into Shall one. Shall we? Yep. Uh, I'm going to pick this one, and I think you know why mm-hmm. I'm picking this one, Chris. Mm. Uh, this is from Tracy Lee from Grand yeah, Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, here we go. Tracy writes, I am interested in opening a boutique dog cookie mm, business. Dogs. I love dogs. I love my milk and I love dogs. Uh, Tracy says, whose furry little son or daughter doesn't need some designy cookies? I am trying to generate more awareness and overall interest and show people how important it is to pleasure their dogs with the fanciest cookies in all of the land. Pleasure their dogs. What are your suggestions? Wait, and she says, I'm having a rough... Time here. What are these? Ruff. Who are these punny assholes? Are you writing rough. <laughs> yeah, dog cookies. What? So what are we? What are we talking about here, though? Uh, what, they, what is Tracy looking for? What, her su- her suggestions on how to generate more awareness and overall interest uh, in showing people how important it is to pleasure their dogs with the fanciest cookies in all of the land. You know how I feel about this. I yeah, and I think you know how I feel about this too. So but I want to hear. Why don't you go first? Okay, <laughs> you were gonna say why don't you go first? Why don't you go first? I think I'll I'll put my own hangups with marketing to dogs aside. Mm-hmm. What I will say is, if if you want to if you want to go through with this, you make cookies that look so delicious to human beings that they will buy them 
for their dogs because the people who will buy these designer cookies are going to look at their animal as a human being and they're going to want to buy something for them that looks as tasty for them as it does for basically they just want to buy something that looks tasty for them and give it to their fucking dog. I, I am under the, um, like general idea that people like experiential anything like experiences are on the up and up. And I know that it's always been like a, a thing of marketing of just like experiential marketing, like a flash mob or like a, a pop-up tent or whatever has always okay. been a thing. But I think now more than ever, uh, people are into it. Now, Fido to go is like a, a Chicago food truck. Have you seen this in Andersonville? Uh I don't know if I've seen a person. I think I know what you're talking about. So it is a it is a food truck just dedicated to dog bakery goods. Yeah, okay. And they they show up yeah. like every let's say Saturday on a specific corner, and okay. all these dogs and people with dogs flock to them. And I think that's a big suggestion I would have is that like what do you like? Dogs don't give a shit about how designy the cookies look. Dogs don't give a shit about anything but getting things into their bellies. So, but how do you build an experience around it, you know, for the humans? If you could make an app where the dog could select Mm -hmm. what it wants and it will send it to you, holy fucking shit. I mean, they practically made it with those Amazon buttons. How Pavlovian is that? You could train your dog to push that button and send a box of milk bones to the house. You're almost there. Motherfucker. You are almost there. Are you talking about... And then Amazon for dogs. Yes. We're not at the next great idea (laughs) section, but you stole my fucking idea. (laughs) But that's a great idea. But I'm telling you, we talked about this the other day uh, when we were talking about Amazon taking over Whole Foods and how if you can walk into a Whole Foods and take products and leave the store and no credit card, no money is exchanged. That's the most genius way to uh, take someone's money is to, to take money out of the transaction. If you can do that and have your dog make the selection, people would my go and shit. And yeah. it wouldn't stop there. They would have their cats do it. They would have their ferrets do it. They would have their goddamn goldfish. Because do it. beyond the fact that you know you're taking money out of the transaction, you're also anthropomorphizing your animal, which is on a whole different Everybody level. Everybody loves doing yeah, that. Yeah, they love dressing their fucking dog up. They love taking them to the Renaissance seem, yeah. Fair, bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Now here's the thing. This goes back to what I'm saying, is that it, no matter whether it's a dog cookie fucking business or any type of goddamn business, it's all about the experience. I'm telling you, like, we were looking up at the, 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 this old uh, Chinese, uh, it's, it's a few years old, but the, the Chinese um, grocery store oh. that does the augmented reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, it's, it's all of these grocery, pop-up grocery stores that you see like Pokemon Go and it's because people love the digital augmented reality but they love that in-store shopping experience. Yeah. It's all about that, man. It is. You're totally right. Like yeah. people would love shopping with their dogs or going with, <laughs> you know? I'm for I'm I'm glad we went down this rabbit hole. I like it too. Uh let's I'm glad we entered this doghouse. There was <laughs> There's another uh, there's another question here, animal-related. I'm just going to pull it up uh, since we're talking about this. This is obviously a fake name uh, from Freaked Me Out. 
<laughs> from just California. So we've already, I think we've made it, Steve. The fact that we're getting yeah. just bogus. Just all of California. Yeah, That's people are, afraid, are mm-hmm. afraid to put their real name. Yeah. Uh, I've been working for about five months at a cat cafe oh in California. There are pretty strict policies in the United States about where the cats can be in relation to the food, but the owners totally don't adhere to them. Sure. Should I turn them in? Quit? I really need the money, but this is gross, and I feel complicit. Um, I mean, I don't, like, I would never go into a cat cafe. Also, how... <laughs> How bad do you need this money? Yeah. How 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 much money could they possibly? Well, how much need? are they paying you? At how much are they cafe? paying you at this cat cafe? Are they paying you in cats? Are they paying you enough money that you couldn't work at a regular cafe? Now this is this is a good <laughs> counterexample to what I was saying of like sometimes experiences go over the top and it just now you got just cat dander everywhere in your coffee you can get sick right and from I, that amount of cats in this <laughs> i've seen this order shows i run into that all the time where you you'll go into i get this a lot you'll get this a lot at like brewery tap rooms and some cafes where they get all self-righteous and they're like we're dog friendly and it's like get your fucking dog <laughs> out of the cafe like i don't want to eat and have a, a cup of coffee with I, I know you're like fine your dog's great it's a nice golden retriever. Get it the fuck out of the cafe. Yeah. I don't want it here. Like, oh, can't it just sit outside? Like, and you why? have a cat. I, I love cat animals, person. but I don't necessarily think that they should be in every single space. And I'm not saying that they're a nuisance. I'm not saying they're gonna like uh, take a shit on the floor or anything. I just, but they will. But they can, and <laughs> they like can. you're inviting people in, and then you have this whole scenario now where you have millions of people who need these. Uh, and like these dogs that are like their helper animals, and it's like you're not even blind. Mm-hmm. You're just walking around pretending like you need this. Like it's not doing anything. I would have a goddamn panic attack if I had to have brunch in a cat cafe. Oh god! I don't you know imagine? any of these cats. Yeah, could you imagine? It was like a buffet, and oh, there were just like god. cats, like up on like the sneeze guards on the salad bar and stuff, and just like just. Yeah. Dipping their little tongues into the yeah. ranch dressing. There's one, yeah, there's one next to Thousand Island licking its penis. You're like, come on. What is this? I, this this has me both like tense, like my shoulders are tense right now, and laughing my ass yeah. off. Yeah. And I think we should go as like our first field trip. It's a field to for a cat cafe. Men, to a cat cafe. I, don't I would think, love. Is this actually a thing though? Oh, yeah. These oh, actually yeah. do no, exist. I, I think. Uh, I do think that they. Exist. I don't even know if I could get my cat. Like I can't even get my cat to leave. You went to one, Engineer Pat. Engineer Pat and Charlotte, when they lived in Japan, they went, went to a, to cat, a cat, cafe. cat cafe. See, they exist out there. Do they I, call them cat cafes or are they just cat fays? Wait. <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Well, I mean, it just seems cat? like it's oh my, more efficient. Oh my god. In Madison, Wisconsin, which is not far from Chicago, it's not Chris, that far. It's called catcafemad.com. I mean, it's a cafe. <laughs> but, Chris, I mean, if this internet worked, I would look more <laughs> through it. But okay, there's, yeah. <clears throat> we got to go. Cats, caffeine, and chill. This has to be our first and right, we'll go. It's only a two hour drive. We can make it happen. Stay, t- stay tuned. Stay tuned. Engineer Pat, we need wireless equipment. 
He's so, got it. Yeah, He's not in his head yet. It's in the budget, right? We, we got it. It's good. Okay, good. He's so, giving us the okay. We're, we're, we're purchasing it tonight. So to wrap this question up, yeah. quit your job. Quit it now because quit it. honestly, first off, I'm not 100% sure how you're making so much money at this job that you need to make this decision. I think a lot of people overthink their jobs that they have as if they can never get another job again. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm 35 years old. I have I can't even count how many jobs I've had. It's probably been at least a dozen. And, you know, I you know, sometimes you'll work with people who are younger than you and they're like, this is my first job. And it's like, ha, you you probably got another seven or eight. So don't worry about like Mm-mm. quitting a job. Yeah. Oh, I need the money. Don't worry. You'll figure it out. If you're working at a cafe, chances are you're figuring out how to get by. Yeah. Amen. Right? right. Chris. What's up? Let's talk about the biggest news of today. We've oh, been holding out on it. I know. We've been just, it's been, it's Ooh. been heating up in my back pocket. <laughs> it uh, is August 28th, yeah. 2020, or 2017. <laughs> 2020. Imagine we are in the future. No, now come back to 2017. Uh, Amazon, it's, it's the first day as the owner of Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Amazon.com. First day as the owner of a brick and mortar grocery chain. And before we jump into what Whole Foods did today, yeah. I, 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 I do want to just take one step back okay. to an article that came out two weeks ago in Bloomberg. And so this is going back to how we're talking about how fast things change, yeah. right? Uh, this article in Bloomberg Two weeks ago, this was from the 14th, it said that chicken from Whole Foods isn't so special anymore. It says Whole Foods Marketing or Whole Foods Market Inc. doesn't just sell chickens, it sells shoppers on the idea of chickens raised and treated better than prevailing standards. True, true, true. Antibiotics, no hormones, no cages, not the sort of chicken you can get anywhere. But here's the thing. A shopper on a recent visit could pay $2.49 per pound for antibiotic-free thighs at a Whole Foods label touting no added solutions or injections. Purdue's Harvestland branded poultry, no antibiotics, air-chilled, costs just $1.99 per pound at an unmarkable key food supermarket just a few blocks away. The similarities don't stop there. In this case, the chicken under the 365 Everyday Value Store brand label at Whole Foods was raised by a Purdue farmer and slaughtered in the same Purdue plant at its Harvest Land cousin, although a shopper likely won't be aware of that fact. So Whole Foods is is basically just packaging, putting a new label on Purdue chicken, and slapping on a fifty cents mm. tax, yeah, Whole Foods tax, yeah. Oh, talk they about were. taxes. It was there was a there was basically a Whole Foods tax sure. for the last ten or fifteen years of Whole Foods existence. Now the market's caught up. I mean, I don't even know. It feels like almost every chicken out there anymore is antibiotic free and Purdue. And or Purdue, yeah. And remember when we learned about at- atmospheric controlled stunning? Yeah. That Purdue is... Oh, no, Tyson. <laughs> controlled That's, atmospheric stunning. Yeah. But but let's fast forward 14 days to today yeah. when Amazon finally 
get grabs onto the reins of yeah. Whole Foods, and it's they're the like, "This day. is our fucking brick it's and mortar." It's like going, now. it's like going to your first day of school, going to your <clears> first day on the job. And what do they do? They, they cut, slash, slash up to forty three percent on items, ding, 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 and ding, people ding, ding, are shocked. And you know what's going to happen? People are going to run to. Whole Foods to say, hey, they are, I can get that same value here as I could at my local grocery store. And guess what Amazon looks at? They say, hey, instead of taking this, these giant margins that Whole Foods had, we're getting, we're getting industry standard margins on our, on these antibiotic free chickens. Yeah. Without any, without, without doing anything. Yeah. Now the cost is the same for them. Let's talk about some of the savings, right? On just aisle three. Let's just talk about one aisle. Go ahead. I don't think all of these are aisle three. Uh, so we're talking uh, organic bananas per pound. 99 cents. Not anymore. As of today, 69 cents. That's 30 cents cheaper. Let's, let's go to another one. Responsibly farmed tilapia. Yeah. You know, fish is expensive, Chris. Was 11.99 on Thursday, August 24th, 4 days later, 7.99. You're not impressed with these prices. Let me name No, I just think it makes it makes me want to go to the old CEO of Whole Foods and just smack him around a little bit. And it's just like you are such an ass. Like you took advantage of your name. Yeah. To you're a charlatan. You took advantage of your name to shake people down for more money. Mm-hmm. When your whole mission and ideology is to try to provide mm-hmm. the masses with organic, responsibly raised stuff, but you were totally price gouging everybody. And it, Amazon chicken. simultaneously purchased them and exploited them for their efforts. Rotisserie chicken, thirteen ninety nine. Now nine ninety nine. Avocados, two seventy nine. Now one ninety nine. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I hear what you're saying about this whole price outrage. It's trust me. It's not like Bezos is taking a hit on this. He's not dropping oh. banana prices to sixty nine cents a pound and saying, "Oh no, they, well, I'll take a loss here." No, he's still making money. Mm-hmm. But I just don't. Know Amazon why is a volume. They're a volume company. They understand if we drop the prices, we'll oh, sell genius. more, we'll bring more in, we'll, the turnover is going to be quicker. Why not? It's genius. I want to go back for a second, though, to what you're talking about with your, the chicken ordeal. Yeah, plus they have to price stuff, too, for their the whole to, to destroy Blue Apron, too, by the way. Yeah, right. But- well, that's a different That's a different story. <laughs> but now I want to play yeah. devil's advocate for a second. Okay. And while you're, you're, you're coming at Whole Foods, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play Angel, the Angel side of the shoulder, okay. and defend Whole Foods. Go for it. Now, I'm just prefacing this by just saying I'm playing devil's that's advocate. That's fine. You can, you can do it. You now, Whole Foods started the whole... You know, like antibiotic-free, organic kind of grocery chain. Like that's that was their shining star when sure. they came out into the market. Don't think for a second that that didn't like influence Purdue to get their shit together so that they also have that. Of course. So while yes, they were putting their whole foods tax on that, they were doing something on the side that became a staple across the fucking board. And so yeah, why not just slap? Like have Purdue be your, uh, uh, you know, supplier while you a affected all of that and b you know now it's Whole Foods uh, property almost. 
Does I that agree. Make sense? No, no, I do. And 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 here's the thing, Steve. Even coming from the beer world, I've seen this firsthand. Right. A lot of if you go to Trader Joe's, they have their Trader Joe's uh, branded like the generic beer there. Mm-hmm. Shit, their IPA is made by Firestone Walker, or at least it was at one point. Right. So you have major breweries that are brewing this stuff because why? Why would Trader Joe's invest in an entire macro brewery to brew a generic beer for them when they can just reach out to somebody who's already making it at that level and brew it for them? It's not that hard to figure out. No. Like, why you know, Trader Joe's isn't in the business to to run breweries. They just need to find somebody who can make enough beer at that scale. And so they'll reach out to another company and say, hey, you know, right. we're going to pay you this much, but we're going to sell a shit ton of it. And you can keep those tanks full and you can make as much beer as you want. And that's what they go to Purdue. They're going to say, hey, yep. we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to buy all this chicken off of you. And we're gonna put it on a, we're gonna put it in a container, and we're gonna charge fifty cents more a pound. What? Why would Purdue care? They're mm-hmm. like, great, we'll undercut you with our own brand. It's all part of the game. You of know Thrones what I mean? They game. still get the money from it. It's it's just it's just amazing. And, and until you have a ha, have a sea change like this with Amazon taking it over, a lot of people don't really understand. Like that's basically what grocery store profiteering is all about right and it's all and it's and it is the epitome it's the epitome of volume industry because you're only making pennies on the dollar for every purchase that you make at the store it's just that you have to buy a hundred things and then you walk out and they made a dollar off you. i love this i just love this whole idea like Mm -hmm. i don't know how the nuances and the ins and outs of how shit like this goes but it's so fun to just watch amazon lately like this has been like the summer of amazon Mm. They've just been doing so many cool war moves and war tactics. You know Jeff Bezos, right? He read The Art of War. You know he did. You Dude, know he that read. That book sucks. <laughs> and <clears throat> I've read it too. It sucks. My it favorite. It's not applicable to this. Sure he's it not, is. Oh, fine. He's fighting Walmart and Walmart's trying to invade his space. And he's like, not try this out for size. Whole Foods bought yeah. Well, Where's he going to go next? He's going to buy Starbucks. He's going to buy dogs. Hey, man. He's going to buy the concept of it's dogs. Like any, but I, we, we have to rehash this all the time. Like any great empire, Yeah. there's always a downfall. Yep. You, you, can you know what they never, say? Rome wasn't built in a day. Rome wasn't built in a day. And then it came crashing down. Yeah. And eventually, <laughs> Bezos will sit there. Playing his fiddle as Amazon burns. Mm. But, so, <laughs> my favorite part about this whole Amazon cut is the organic avocados. Mm-hmm. Specifically that price cut, because them mm-hmm. shit is expensive. And I once tried to do, in college, I tried to do, like, a, a food cleanse. And yeah. so I used Whole Foods as, like, because it was all organic and shit. And that shit's expensive. That racked up. Yeah. And that's probably why the 10-day cleanse only lasted 4 for me. And I just I just <laughs> I just bailed and ate a sucker and got a Nacho Supreme at Taco Bell. Um so you, I love this conversation. I think we probably need to wrap it up. We did have another topic we wanted to talk about. I think we're going to be running over on time. I would suggest if you want to Steve, we can kind of throw this topic to a post-show discussion if you're in for it yeah let's just do that let's jump into next great idea um and did you have something you wanted to start us off with for this yeah yeah so you know me i'm always like (laughs) 
I'm determined to find the next best dog idea. And I'm really upset that earlier you came up with a great one <clears throat> for Amazon. It's all right. Because I was sitting in the kitchen with your wife trying to come up with dog ideas and she was helping me. And uh, she did. And, you know, like for a hundred bad ideas, there's always one. And I just want, mm-hmm. I just want, I just want a good dog idea, Chris. We'll find it here, Steve. So we did. <laughs> and I have to give props. <laughs> I have to give props to Tristan, your wife, your loving wife. I want you to know that you actually sold me with that your little it's all like, about the pitch that weaving trail of being like we tried and we failed yep. and we failed and we failed and you know until what until now until now we got it right we finally got it right so i'll come up with dog ideas and i'll google them and they already exist like dog tinder already exists and and then we're like well what about a dating website that's just dedicated to dog owners guess what already exists but you know what doesn't exist chris engineer pat and charlotte who's still here What's that? I'll tell you what. A double dating service (laughs) where people who own dogs are looking to date people who own dogs and they have to like the dog and the owner, right? So the dogs have to get along and the owners have, have to get along. So why not just go on a double date? Now, here's where the restaurant business comes into play. You know American Girl Dow? You know how like moms can take their daughters to the American Girl Doll store, yes, and then you can treat those dolls and those girls out to like lunch, and you can do like little mani pedis with your dolls. Why not have the same system with dogs? I'm talking an Italian restaurant, like Lady and the Tramp style, where it's Janet and Chris and <laughs> nice. Don't you burp during my great idea pitch? How dare you? It is a double date with Janet and Chris, with a K, not you, Chris, because you're already married, and Bubbles and Snuffy, and they're all at a table, and the dogs get their, like, dog food, and the couple get their, like, couple food, and, you know, you're just having a first date, a first double dog date, and you know what the business is called? What? (laughs) The business is called Must Love Dogs. (laughs) And who was in that movie? John Cusack? I don't know what Well, you're guess who your about. celebrity spokesperson is? John Cusack. He's already on. He's um, on this he's already on board. If he hears this, he's on the he's on the project. When this episode comes out, <clears throat> we're tweeting at John Cusack. Engineer this Pat, idea. could you give uh, John Cusack a call tonight? If you if you don't mind, just give him a ring. Uh, tell him that Chris and Steve have some important business. I mean, to talk to mainly about. Steve, but mainly Steve. You can you can have five percent. But you can drop my name in there if that helps. Joan Cusack lives near Lawrence and Montrose. Joan Cusack lives at Lawrence and Montrose. We're real close to that. That's it. We can go right there on our way back. But that's not John, right? That's just Joan. You say Joan. Joan. Okay. That's fine. Okay. We can use no, her to fine. get to him. Okay. All right. What's yours? You always have some spectacle. <laughs> I have a little bit of one. Uh, that's a good one, though. I like it though, and. You didn't make me mad. Yeah. I usually make you mad. You usually make me mad, but I like that you sold me on it with that whole little, you know, yeah. we, that the attrition of it, mm-hmm. I, I liked. What I've learned in marketing and advertising is it's all about telling the story and pitching the pitch. 
Uh, Pat, can you bring up the computer volume real quick? Because I have a little bit of music. And it can work like Tinder, but it's got to be like you yeah. and the dog in the photo. You get it. I could go on and on. Hey, Steve. Yeah. So, all right. So, Steve, when you think of financial independence, yeah. what do you think of? Financial independence? That's first, right. Yep. Excelsior. Excelsior is the investment opportunity of a lifetime. Developed by some of the financial industry's greatest, Excelsior is designed to help make your financial independence a reality. All of us started a place where we knew, well, <laughs> nothing about our financial future. So some of us decided that we were going to change that. So we started Excelsior. Excelsior will make you more money. Excelsior will make you independently wealthy. Some, nayers, some naysayers out there have asked, how does Excelsior work? And that's a great question. Excelsior is the investment opportunity of a lifetime. Developed by some of the financial industry's greatest, Excelsior is designed to help make your financial independence a reality. All of us started a place where we knew, well, nothing about our financial future. Some of us decided that we were going to change that. So we started Excelsior. Excelsior will make you more money. Excelsior will make you independently wealthy. We all want to be somewhere in life. Where do you want to be? Excelsior. Wow. Ugh. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, you might not know this, but you just know presentations. It's all about the presentation. It really, you know? it, it does, really comes is. Down, it comes down to it. And the mullet over, remember yeah. that the person who yeah. asked us the question? Yeah. It's all about presentation. You'll, you will, it's, we, I talk, actually, this is something I learned when I was getting a degree in education is about the hook and being able to hook yeah. students. Like when a student comes into a classroom, hook them, hook them immediately. How are you going to get a kid? Like, how can you get a 12 year old to buy into what hook you're going to tell them for the day? And it's amazing. Like education is essentially advertising. It's it like, is. how are you going to like convince this kid to like that, go with you down this path for today yeah. so that they'll listen to you and and acknowledge what you're saying and buy into what you're trying to sell them? Hook it's em. the same thing. It's a hook. It's a hook. Hook them, boss. So what did you... Uh, today, yeah. what would you learn? I think... What did you learn? Man, we we really ran the gamut on topics. <laughs> My God, and well, I, we had a, we we were out for two weeks. I was whew. I was I I'm was so I was so excited all day. I yeah. was so excited to get back behind a mic. I think this goes to show you that through all the bullshit and meandering and different rabbit holes that you go down, you come away energized and enlightened. Because that's what I am right now. We're taking a road trip to this Madison Cat Cafe soon. Oh, yeah. So get ready. Buckle up. Hold on to your yeah. butts. Uh, we got a new theory on technology that we're going to develop a good thesis on over the course of episodes. Yeah. I think, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing, life, huh? I think what I learned today is that... Hook them. Hook them. <laughs> Beyond that, though, I think uh, we should simultaneously be super excited about what's coming ahead, but also be incredibly skeptical and maybe that's what we talk about every week here on the show but i just think it's so important to say for as cynical as we can be we should really be excited about what's coming up next and uh i certainly am and you should too and please follow us 
uh, on our journey because we got some fun journeys that we're just realizing as we just talk, <laughs> right? And we're gonna we're gonna do them. I'm gonna invest in wheat. And someday I can't wait to invest in wheat. I we're cannot wait. Gonna visit a cat cafe. Cat it's cafe. gonna be fun. Stay tuned. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Inferior Men. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Inferior Men and uh, find us at InferiorMen.com. Uh, we are part of the Universe Head Podcast Network. Uh, go to UniverseHead.com for more information and exclusive content. Uh, if you like the podcast, please subscribe to us on Google Play and Stitcher, and then soon we'll be available in all of the places. Right, Engineer Pat? He's shaking his head. Yes. Uh, we'll see you next week. And remember, the superior man cares about virtue. The inferior man cares about material things. I'm Steve. And I'm Chris. And we are Inferior, inferior Men. Good luck, everyone. Good luck. <laughs>